Hey listeners, welcome to Solid Saturdays, where we take a moment just to have a casual conversation that flows from the heart of God. Listen, this conversation will inspire you and you will receive prayer that will empower you to have a solid weekend and an even better week. Now get ready because we're about to dive in. We are back for another episode of Solid Saturdays. And listen, y'all, today's topic, we're going to dive right in because it's what some people may refer to as a doozy. Okay. Today, we're going to talk about church truths. Church truths. Now, the traditional vision of the church has changed, and it's in a sense of the younger generations seemingly losing their way. And there are a lot of reasons behind why we don't see more millennials or Gen Zers in church. And one common argument that I hear a lot, especially in the recent years, is church hurt. And this is more so around the millennials where they leave the church because in some way they have been hurt by the church in their own words. Something that someone has said or something that someone has done or even something that people have not done. It pushed this generation away from the church. This is not a topic that a lot of people are talking about, but you know what, y'all? It's time out for that. We need to talk about this because we see people falling away from the church. We see the younger generation falling away from the church or struggling with church hurt, whether it be true or not. It's their truth, but we don't do nothing about it. We point the finger and that is so not Christ-like. Can I say that? It is not Christ-like. It is how the world would respond if somebody did something to hurt them because truth is the reason why we don't help them in their truth of church hurt is because we're hurt in response to their church hurt. We start pulling out our sanctified resume and say what we did and so that they shouldn't feel like that. Let me just ask y'all this question. Can I do that? I'm gonna do it anyway. But let me ask y'all this. If Jesus took our truths and took everything about how we felt in our moment where it was very real to us and he responded to how it made him feel, would many of us be sitting here today listening to this podcast or in my case, recording this podcast? Absolutely not. So when I say it's not Christ-like, it's not because love extends further than what we are able to comprehend in our mind or even understand. We cannot put our own feelings on somebody else's truth because that stops us from reaching out to that. That's why evangelism only goes so far when it's not done with love because love is able to reach people. But when we start becoming prideful in our ways to evangelize, then we can only go so far, y'all. So there are a lot of reasons. And one reason is church hurt. Let's just face it. And a common reason for Gen Zers is that they may have gone to church, but they don't feel fulfilled. We need to face this, y'all. They go to church, but something is still missing. They serve, but they don't feel a change. And this is a real feeling. Like I said, we don't like to face these truths because it reveals our own insecurities. But insecurities will remain insecurities unless we choose to confront them and change and bring forth change. Confrontation brings forth change, y'all. Confrontation is uncomfortable, but if it's done in the right manner, at the end of it all, 
change will be the result of it. And that's what we want. But a lot of us stay stuck in the same cycles. We stay stuck doing the same things. We stay in between a rock and a hard place for longer than we need to because we are afraid to confront those things that are uncomfortable, those things that would bring change, those generational cycles. We talk about generational cycles and iniquities and sins and all these things. And that is broken and this and that. And it all sounds good. But when it comes down to us doing the work to really break it once and for all, we stray away from it because it's uncomfortable. Why? Because it's undoing what's familiar from generation to generation to generation. And guess what, y'all? It doesn't even have to be generational family things. What has come down the bloodline of the church, the church that you serve in? What are those generational cycles that that need to be broken? We need to face it. And when you, oh my gosh, I'm going to say it though. When you have the deacon board and all these other boards that are stuck in tradition and don't want to break these things because it's worked in the past. Listen, the past is the past. God is doing a new thing. And so you will talk yourself out of being the one that God has called to bring forth that new thing to the church because you are afraid of the discomfort that it would bring when you present it to the board, when you present it wherever you're presenting it to, because it's different. This is how we break generational things. This is how we break cycles. And we don't see more cycles broken because people are afraid and they back down from the thing that God is calling them to do because it is uncomfortable. But when we confront these things, change will be the result and it will be changed for the better. So Like many people all over this nation, the month of August, a lot of students are returning back to school. School is back in session, right? (laughs) So this week, my son returned to school and one of the days we were coming home and we got off the interstate. I looked up and saw something very interesting. I saw two palm trees. One was vibrant and one was dead. I looked at the trunk and I also looked at the soil in which they were planted. And I saw that both trees were planted and rooted in the same ground. They were only feet away from each other. But one was dead and one was alive. So I thought to myself, if planted and rooted in the same ground, how could one be lively while the other is dead? And because I don't know much about gardening and all these things... I like to come correct when I'm giving out information, especially when the Lord is speaking to me in the moment, because I know that this will impact people in a special way. So I did a little more research and I found that palm tree branches can die while rooted in good soil if they become exposed to parasites and other small things that are not good for them, things that are not conducive to their growth or development. And then the Lord spoke to me and he said that people can be rooted and planted in a lively place, but dead. They have nothing to show for the rich place in which they are planted. And I said, what? And I thought, why and how? Because we see all these thriving ministries where people are planted and people are serving, but some end up unhappy where serving doesn't seem like enough and they end up leaving unfulfilled. So I asked the Lord why? And he said that it's because of what they have allowed themselves to be exposed to. Now, a lot of people who are serving, they still have struggles. And as leaders, as pastors, as those that are mature believers, we have to see past their service to see their souls, to see what they're struggling with. Because people who are struggling don't always openly voice the truth about their struggles, especially in a culture where trusting others freely isn't common. 
Now, can I tell the truth? If this isn't common to trust others, how are we as the church or how can we as the church create a place where people can bring their issues and trust that it is a safe place? Because I'm going to go back to church hurt, y'all, that people don't have trust in the church because some of them have been dropped. Some of them have been mishandled. And if every time we hear church hurt, we become offensive and think whatever we think about it, but we don't become available to how they're opening up to us, we're not creating a safe place for them to become healed. Because at the end of the day, we should want everybody to be healed. Check Jesus out. He knew everybody's business, right? But he didn't share everybody's business with everybody. Before people even came to him, he already knew their business. He knew everybody's business, y'all. And most times people share their own business after receiving the truth by just being in God's presence, just being in Jesus's presence. Jesus created a safe place and released the truth in that safe place. I want y'all to hear that because before Jesus released the truth, he created a safe place. Can y'all just let that marinate? Before he released the truth, he created a safe place. So he released the truth after creating the safe place where others were able to see the solution to their flaws, see the solution to their shortcomings. Jesus didn't highlight the problem, y'all. He highlighted the answer. Do y'all hear me? You create a safe place by not focusing on the problem. So many times we focus on the flaw, we focus on the problem, and then we end up negating that we have the answer to their problem. We have the antidote. We create that safe place by not focusing on the problem, but having a greater focus on the answer. And this is discipleship, y'all. And truth is, we need more intentional relationships that are committed to doing life with people the way that Jesus did. I tell, I say it all the time that I study the life of Jesus because I want to be like Jesus. I want to live like Jesus. I know we're joint heirs with Jesus, but there are so many things that we are missing. How could Jesus live such an impactful life being fully human? I mean, have y'all thought about that? Yes, he was God, but he was fully human just like you and I. And he lived a life of impact. So I study his life. I study his behaviors. I, I try to find his mindset and psychology of things. And a lot of times we're not going to be able to find those things because a lot of the things that Jesus did, he did by faith. And by faith, we got to silence our mind in order to do those things that God is calling us to do because they're bigger than us, right? But we got to learn and be committed to do life with people, with people. I'm going to say it one more time, with people the way Jesus did. Jesus ain't do life alone. He could have did life alone, but our lives are connected to people. So it's time to get rid of the false doctrines. It's time to get rid of all the old traditions that are killing people. And it's time for us to go out into the highways and byways and compel men and women to come to Jesus by releasing the answer, releasing the truth, releasing the antidote that God has given us. Because why? People are waiting on it, y'all. So there are people dying in the church. But if you're within arm's reach of the person who is dying or unhappy or unfulfilled, 
and you found the life that they are looking for and you're thriving in it, then it is your responsibility to reach out to your brother or sister and lift them up. I'm talking about community, y'all. Because so many times people leave the church and end up doing life by themselves because they never experience true community in the church. When are we really going to be our brother's keeper? When are we really going to live the word that says iron sharpens iron? When are they going to feel the strength from our lives? The Bible says in Romans 15 that now we who are strong have an obligation. (laughs) Come on, y'all. Obligation is a little bit stronger than responsibility. But this is what the Bible says. Now we who are strong have an obligation to bear the weaknesses of those without strength. Just like those two trees that I saw. One was dead and one was alive. If you are with arms reach within feet of your brothers and sisters that are weak, that are dying, that are not thriving the way that you are and you're strong, it is our obligation to bear their weaknesses. And it goes on to say, it's our obligation to bear the weaknesses of those who are without strength and not to please ourselves. It says that each one of us is to please his neighbor for his good, to build him up, for even Christ did not please himself. This is what it is, y'all. I say it's our responsibility, but the Bible says it's our obligation, and that's real and that's serious. They may have exposed themselves to small things, and that's a whole nother podcast, But let's just deal with the responsibility of the church, those who are strong. So although they may have exposed themselves to small things that aren't good for them, which is why they aren't experiencing the life that they want to see, how will they know what's good for them if they are not taught? It's our obligation. We are the body of Christ. And if one person is struggling, then it affects us all. I often talk about how the world sees us and why would the world want to come to the body of Christ when we are we all jacked up, we talking about each other, we not being our brother's keeper. Why would they want to be a part of this? They don't see the love of God. Now, most times, sometimes, yes, praise God. Thank God for that. But we should start seeing more of this because it affects how we look as the body of Christ. Listen, I can say a lot more, and I probably will in the coming weeks, but right here, I just want to stop and go into prayer. Because more than anything, I want the Lord to have his way. I want God to be glorified. So while hearts are tender and hearts are open now, Father, we come to you and we thank you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for this time that we were able to spend with you in your presence and hear from you hear your truth about where we are as the church right now i pray for every soul that may be weak that may not feel like they are qualified that may be unhappy that may be unfulfilled and i pray right now that you will deal with their hearts god i pray that you will raise up men and women of god that are able to be uh, mentors to them or able to be uh, someone that they can look to and that are able to bear their weaknesses father may we as the church rise up and reflect what you have demonstrated in the Bible, what you have laid out before us, Father. 
And may we be our brother's keeper, Father, in the name of Jesus. I pray that you'll remove all judgmental spirits, all tradition, religion, routines that keep us stuck in cycles, Father. And this day, I decree and declare that things shall be new moving on this day forward, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, we lift up our hands and we surrender to you. Whether we're on one side and we're weak and we're unfulfilled, we lift up our hands. Or whether we have missed it in discipling another young person or a person that has lost their way, we lift up our hands, Father. And we ask, God, that you will use us, that you will bind us together as your body, Father, that we will move and flow in harmony, Father, in the name of Jesus, in unity, Father, in the name of Jesus. Your word says that we should have one mind and we should have one voice. So, Father, let that be in your church. I pray, God, that you will bind the hand of the enemy that will cause dissension and separation. And I pray, God, that you would even birth humility into the hearts of men and women all over this world, all over this nation. Raise up your church, God, to be healed people. Heal people that heal other people, Father, by sharing your love and sharing your truth. Let us not negate the treasure that you have placed in our earthen vessels, Father. But may we share it so that the world will know that you are God and that you so loved us that you gave your son to die for us so that we can have eternal life with you. So, Father, in this moment, we thank you. We thank you for the restoration we feel now. We thank you, God, for the, re for the revival that's going to happen. And we just ask, God, that you will be glorified in our lives. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all so much for joining on today's podcast. I hope that you were blessed. I hope that you were able to be inspired by the message and you were able to receive that heartfelt prayer. And because we serve such a loving and faithful God, it gives me confidence that you did. So y'all know what it is. Because of that, I have no doubt that you will surely have a solid Saturday. See you all next time. Thank you.